Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. It's going to be a wild show today. There's a lot of news that's going on, and there are some stories that are just pretty crazy. A lot to get to. Where do you want to start, David? Uh, Well, Joe Biden really doesn't want to talk about what he was doing with his son, Hunter, who was running around the world scoring business deals while Joe was vice president. Just Dude. This gets deeper every day. Yeah, it, it really does. And, and the, again, the Cliff's Notes version is that uh, Joe Biden definitely lied when he said he never discussed business with his son. And then the follow-up question is, why would you lie about that unless you had something to hide? Um, right. And so it does look like he was connected. And I, I've, I've seen it put a different way, that it was really Joe's business and Hunter was just the he was Absolutely. the guy yes. that was going and procuring this stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. for Joe. Uh, Now, again, he said he never talked with his son about the business, but that's a lie. And we know it now because of Hunter's uh, business partner, Devin Archer, who even provided to Tucker Carlson a letter that Joe wrote him way back in like a little more than a decade ago saying, hey, I'm so glad you guys are working together. Can't wait to meet you again with Hunter. Yes. Uh, it's all there. Yeah, Fox News' Peter Ducey asked Joe about this, and Joe snapped a little bit. Yes, he did. There's this testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them, talking business. Is that what? I never talked business in And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you, it's, oh. why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. I knew you'd have a lousy question. You know, people are guilty when they react that way to a question. Oh yeah, I mean, they, seriously, yes. they get all pissed off when they you, when they you get asked the question. Yeah, mm-hmm. guilty. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, Peter Ducey is the only one, oftentimes, that will ask a tough question, a yeah. legit yeah. question. Remember how Biden has reacted in the past? What a stupid son of a bitch. That was about Peter Ducey, was it not? Yes, it was. No, it was. Yeah. 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 Of course. Well, then Ducey said he got in his car and his phone rang. It was the White House refuting the question again. What do you mean? They called him when he got back in his refuting car. Refuting the question, saying what? Saying, hey, don't. That's that's been debunked. That's off. You know, off limits. And what? Yeah, they scolded him. Yeah. Do you understand how this works? How it's supposed to work in America? Right. Well, it doesn't work that way for him, though. You know. Well, that. I, I eagerly await people on CNN like Jim Acosta to come out and talk about how the First Amendment is under assault. By the exactly. President, right. Absolutely. No, I know, man. I'm going to go ahead and say it. The walls are closing in. <laughs> I mean, it's so overused, especially yeah. with Trump. But you feel it, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Let's All right, do, more of that. Let's go do a ahead. different version of that. The, right. the drywall is getting closer. How about that? Sure, that's fine. Yeah. Whatever works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a do-it-yourself kind of guy. Drywall, <laughs> you do it yourself. It's a lot of work, but, you know, worth it in the end. Okay, switching gears. Um, okay, awful what's going on in Hawaii. And you figured this was going to be used as some sort of promotion of climate change. Yeah. See, here's another piece of evidence. 
Yeah, I mean, dozens of people are dead uh, because of a massive wildfire on Maui, and, and liberals are blaming climate change for it. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre did it during an interview on CNN. She was talking about the Inflation Reduction Act and how somehow that's going to reduce the deficit and solve climate change. And Republicans are big meanies because they didn't like it. Uh, anyway, here's here's what she said on CNN, though. She brings in Hawaii. Okay. You think about the Inflation Reduction Act that's going to help with the deficit. That's actually going to help make investments. We're talking about, you guys were talking about what was going on in Hawaii. Climate change is affecting so many communities, and they want to I'm, repeal that. I'm glad they, you mentioned. I'm glad you, you mentioned know, climate so change because something to talk about we're, wa- we're watching what's happening in Hawaii. Yeah. Don't they think somebody started that fire? Yeah, they think it was arson or somebody, yeah, somebody purposefully started fire. The other thing that hasn't been talked about a lot is, and this has been seen across the American West as well, uh, on the in the continental U.S., uh, that on Hawaii, Humans have introduced a lot of non-native fire-prone grasses and shrubs to the islands, like their landscaping and things like that, bringing in grass that's beautiful if you kept if you keep it watered enough. But even okay. if you get into a mild drought, you're going to wind up having to cut back on the watering, and because it's non-native, it dries out super freaking quick and makes it a huge fire risk. There's a 2018 report from the Hawaii Wildlife Management Organization that found that humans have introduced all of these fire-prone grasses and shrubs to the islands, which has allowed wildfire threats to increase exponentially. Non-native species cover nearly a quarter of Hawaii's total land area. Okay, if that was part of a news report and saying, hey, we don't know this, but also know this is out there, it would make you better informed, but that's not the way media works. It's just climate change somehow. Uh, Okay. Yes, and now they have enough people brainwashed to any time there is a tornado, a hurricane, wildfire, whatever people are going to do, it's climate change. Well, in fear. Yes. Megan Rapinoe's kick that sailed high. Yeah. Climate change. Well, it was a gust, <laughs> yeah. a little gust there. Yeah, and it was because of the, it was so hot, the ball over and was overinflated or underinflated, <laughs> and when she kicked it, it just right. sailed on her. Damn climate change <laughs> cost us a win. Please tell me that was a joke and no one really said no, that. No, it is a joke. Okay. One just of making listeners. sure. I was sent to us, sent to me by one of our listeners. I just wanted to share it with you boys today. Oh, thank you. But if we really wanted to get down to it, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody who does blame that on climate change somehow. It could oh, be. That, yeah. yeah, there was actually an article about that a, while, a few months ago. I think it was at, around opening day for Major League Baseball. Yeah, I remember that. That said yeah. that one of the reasons why you're seeing like more home runs or something is because of climate oh, yeah. change. Climate right. change. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's great. As they put a little asterisk next to the home run leaders from now on. <laughs> they, were, they were climate dingers. <laughs> the climate crisis home runs, yes. Hey, I got to uh, play a piece of audio for everybody. Um, uh, it seems like the New York City Mayor, Eric Adams, uh, <laughs> used to be a welcoming city. He says that you can't do it anymore. Why it's not? It's not sustainable. Well... Uh, CBS this morning, did you hear this? Because this is the way it was laid out to him. Uh, yesterday you said uh, you're on pace to spend $5 billion on migrant care in this fiscal year. To, to give people some perspective, that is more than the city uh, spends on sanitation, parks, and the fire department combined. So you're asking for money here. Do I have that right? Uh, you, you, a combination. More well, hold on a second. I like that. You know, Migrant care is what we're calling it now. Yeah. Not housing illegals. No. <laughs> 
Migrant care. Got it. A combination, more than money, because the faucet is uh, flowing. We have to stop the faucet. We have to make sure we have a real decompression strategy at the border. And we have Whoa. to ensure that... A decompression strategy. Mm -hmm. Just stop the flow. Do your job. Protect the border. Why That's you, what it is. Why would you even need one? We've been told it's closed. Oh, yeah. The border is secure. secure. Yeah. From Mayorkas, right? So and we have to ensure that we have real immigration reform because what? it's going to, going to continue. It's not sustainable. When you look at 10000 a month, uh, the math just done, does not add up. That doesn't sound very loving. No. I mean, these lives don't have a price, sir. Yeah. You had you had the you occupancy light on. Of course. I mean, you sanctuary cities, you declared this. Boston's going through the same thing right now. Other cities, yep. all sanctuary cities, yes. when it was someone else's problem. By the way, did you see Lady Gaga's dad? He's had enough in New York City. Lady Gaga's dad has, huh? Yeah, so he owns a restaurant. I mean, he's talked about this stuff before. He actually just said, I saw this piece in the New York Post, saying, if it was like this when my girls were growing up, I wouldn't be living in New York. And he's talking about all the local people in New York, their concerns. He's been taking this to, you know, the police department and, you know, different politicians in New York saying, we can't do this anymore. The people that are being housed in different neighborhoods, mm -hmm. they're a menace. The party starts at 10 o'clock at night. It doesn't end until 4 a.m. There's prostitutes all over the place. You've got all these, you know, like motorcycles, different bikes. People are popping wheelies down the road. They're not licensed. He's like, something has to be done. It's like there are 500 migrants living in this dormitory now. Mm. That's when all the mayhem began. <laughs> so if you remember the different video that we would see of these hotels where they had the illegal staying. Yeah. And it's, you know, beer bottles, food bags, all this stuff. Because, you know, New York City is, you know, paying for all of this for people to have like this extended three year vacation, it seems like. It's crazy. So Lady Gaga's dad steps his 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 name's Stan Gaga, right? <laughs> How did you know? I just guessed. Joe Germanata. Yeah. He's sixty six. Kind of crazy. I mean, maybe he needs to also talk to his daughter who was leading protests against crackdowns on illegal immigration. Well, let's not get crazy here. He's like, I, I don't mean, mind people being here, but we got to have some law and order. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> okay, yes, whatever you say on that. Um, and, okay, let me make sure that I read this headline right, because, David, I knew you wanted to cover this. There is an epidemiologist saying... That we should be wearing a mask at home? No. Yeah. No. What are you well, talking no. about? I don't know if you've heard about this, but the alarms are sounding right now because there's been a spike in COVID cases. <laughs> 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 Apparently, okay. people actually still care about this. Um, epidemiologist uh, Caitlin Gentilina, uh, she's from the University of Texas. She writes a popular Substack blog. Uh, she told PBS NewsHour that, hey, there's a spike in COVID. You need to be ready to mask up again, okay? 
Oh, goodness. We do the public a disservice by rolling over, saying let's move on, because the truth is the virus doesn't care. COVID is obviously still here. It's going to be with us. It's going to cause disruptions. What? And it's going to cause a lot of people to lose their lives, and we can prevent this. Do you understand how to read a research paper? Uh, no. Apparently not. Holy smoke. And we prevent that by... Uh, removing the gaps for uh, a lot of room for improvements. You should wear, be wearing masks in crowded areas, especially during a surge. Certainly at home it works if you want to reduce household transmission. I wouldn't wear a mask when walking your dog. Just be distant of other people. <laughs> you know, the funny part about wearing a mask in a household setting or whatever, Yeah. Uh, when my family got covid last year i was the first one to get it uh -huh. and i was like okay i'm gonna try to isolate as much as possible really hard to do with two little kids and then it's like i'll try the mask for a day or two just to see if it'll work you know the n95 and all that ah well too bad everybody already had it the household transmission thing the idea of masking up is ludicrous because if you've got it you've probably already spread it to everybody else around you was that, did some news organization cover that, or is that just out there that she, this person put that out there? That was PBS. That's PBS, okay. Yeah. Oh, my god. We paid for that. <laughs> you gotta laugh. What else can you do? Throw stuff against the wall? That's how our money's being spent? Yeah, that's something, man. Okay. Much more to get to. Um, hey, the 10,000 steps a day, you need to get that. New study says, oh, not so fast. And how about the FBI killing that dude that made threats against Biden? What's the story behind that? All coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. Scott Robbins. Okay. This is a wild story. The FBI killing this guy. By the way, you know he wore a MAGA hat a lot. No. Jeez, man. Did you hear that this morning? <laughs> I did. I mean, they, got it. they must have worked that in there three different times. Yeah. On the Today Show, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, the FBI raided a guy's house in Provo, Utah yesterday morning. They killed him. Um, the reason for the raid was because he was making threats against President Biden and other government officials. Uh, Craig yeah. Robertson is his name. Uh, the FBI first started looking into him back in March because he'd posted something online about killing the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg. The FBI confronted him after he went to church, and he said, oh, it was just a dream. And then he said, we're done. Don't come back without a warrant. And he later wrote a post online about Biden's trip to Utah scheduled for today and said he was dusting off his old sniper rifle. Um, the FBI noted that he'd posted a photo of him wearing a ghillie suit and holding a rifle, camouflaged and having a hunting rifle, back in 2009. Uh, again, back in 2009, he posted this. Okay. So they raided his house and killed him. What's missing from a bunch of the national news articles I read this morning, because anytime something like this happens when there are a few details, I try to find as many sources as possible. Right. Just try to cobble together, okay, who's saying what about, about this situation? Try to get a fuller picture. None of the articles I read until I found a local news article mentioned that he was 75 years old and know, weighed like 300 pounds and could barely get around without a cane. He had to use a stick to get up off of a chair. Correct. He's like 5'4", too, right? Yeah, yeah. morbidly yeah. obese, elderly yeah. man. Uh, also had to drive to church. The church is like a couple of hundred yards away from him, but he couldn't walk. Couldn't make the walk that way. 
So, it also doesn't say in the story, was there anybody else at church saying, hey, you want to dial down the killing people on the <laughs> on the posts on social media? Well, of course, I don't know what the church is, but I'm just saying, yeah, he went to church. It's it's an odd story. Yeah. And he's a complete numbskull for putting that stuff out there online. But yeah, but I mean, did they have to go in like they did is the question. That's crazy, though. Yeah. So he, he uh, one of the neighbors told Deseret News, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I just think he was an old kook shooting his mouth off. He would occasionally tell us an off-color political joke from time to time, but there was nothing he ever did that would have made me think he was either mentally or physically capable of doing anything. And anyone who knew him knew that. I just can't believe that this man warranted this kind of response. I mean, it's like the shooting part of it. uh, Other neighbors say that they heard agents saying he has a gun. Okay. And so, yeah, if if, if, if the FBI is raiding your house and you point a gun at them, that's how you get aerated real quickly. Absolutely. Um, that absolutely. Uh, but really, they're going at like six o'clock in the morning and like breaking down his door and throwing flashbangs in there. Well, yeah, man. really. It was like the Catholic dude that they did that with his whole family at six a.m. Yeah. It's like you needed to do that. It, it does seem like okay. They're sending a message. Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, man, that's not to excuse anybody talking about you know killing somebody online. You don't do that. But you wonder, okay, if this would have been some sort of threat toward a different president, would the response have been the same? Well, I mean, Johnny Depp on stage at a film festival said, <laughs> "Who? when was the last time an actor killed a president? Right. Yeah, but he had just found, you know, dog crap in his bed that morning. You blame <laughs> <Right>. him? <laughs> Joking. Anyway. Yeah, that, uh, that turns your mood sour real quick. <laughs> uh, health news. You know that 10,000 steps a day that you need? New study says, ah, may not need that many. This is data from over 225,000 people. Um, And they found that there's much more of a gradual effect of how many steps you take. So 4,000 lowers your chance of an early death from all causes. And if you only get 2,500, it can still lower your risk of dying from heart disease. Nice. So, I mean, it's getting out and moving. Yeah. 10,000, I mean, I don't think it's a bad goal or anything. No. But there's also, I mean, trying to get, I mean, as far as cardio health, you want to raise your heart rate at times. Just, yeah. It's not just walking this amount of day is going to secure you and having a long, healthy life. It's about effort. <laughs> I mean. Just the way you say that, man, I know it's, well, it's about effort. Yeah. Put forth some effort, would you, huh? Okay. Um, a story that's not getting covered at all that's huge. Next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So maybe you saw the House GOP is going to subpoena the Biden family. Talking Joe and Hunter about all of the family corruption stuff. What happens with that? Are they going to have to go in? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Not, probably not Joe. I mean, I, I doubt it. There have been attempts. I mean, there were several attempts with Donald Trump to get him to testify, uh, to subpoena him for a congressional hearing, and that failed. And same thing with Obama and George W. Bush. I mean, generally, no. The president is not going to go down and sit in front of Congress and answer those questions. Uh, Hunter Biden? Eh, maybe. that That's a different can of worms um, that... You know, he really doesn't have that sort of executive privilege kind of uh, position. 
James Comer, you know, who is at the front of this, said, you know, we're putting together a case. I think we've done that very well. I would agree with that. I think mm-hmm. they have done a great job putting it together. Said, we know that this is going to end up in court when we subpoena the Bidens. So I, he knows there's going to be a fight on that. But, man. Yeah. I, to me, it's it's the fight that matters. Because if you have to take him to court over this, over this subpoena, then there's all sorts of things you can wind up finding out in the course of that uh, back and forth in a courtroom. Well, he was on Fox Business this morning, and he said it. I'm with him on this. I wish the media would ask the president, what exactly did your family do to receive this $21 million that the House Oversight Committee has proven? It's No one in media or in the White House can say uh, unwarranted claims, uh, no evidence. No. They've got the receipts. No, they can say it. He just continues to say, well, that's a lie. That's what Comer said about right. Biden. Yeah, he does all he's saying. He said that's not true. We have their bank records. Yeah. Bank records don't lie. Biden's been caught in a lot of lies. But, of course, we don't have a real media. They don't ask the questions. No, they don't. The only one is the deuce yeah, at and, Fox. And Peter Deuce, he gets yelled at by the old man, uh, Joe Biden. That's a a lousy question there. Just lousy. By the way, update in Portland. And we've talked about Portland many, many times. And honestly, this show wouldn't be where it is today without Portland. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we hear from people all the time that have been with us for a long time. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. We all appreciate it. And it is, man, it's sad to see what's happened in Portland over the last six, seven years, especially over the last four, because it's been decimated and it didn't need to happen that way. And now the governor of Oregon has announced a task force to fix Portland. (laughs) Yes, there was a press release yesterday. Uh, The governor's executive office will partner with the Oregon Business Council to create the Portland Central City Task Force. Now, governor said, uh, yes, Portland has earned this reputation, but, you know, the city has growing pains right now. And part of that's because of COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, it's either COVID or global warming. No, yeah, it's it's not COVID. I mean, certainly shutting down uh, for as long as they did with COVID made it a whole hell of a lot worse but it seems like it's sort of that whole thing of denigrating police officers driving yes. police officers out of town uh defunding the police initially yep. before uh trying to make good and refund them but again it's always harder to build something back up than it is to destroy it um allowing uh, rampant homelessness and drug abuse yep. and crime to just take over the city that's bigger than covid absolutely so many of the policies. So Tina Kotek, the governor, said it's no secret that downtown Portland has faced an onslaught of challenges in recent years that have tarnished some of the characteristics that people love about Oregon's largest city. Growing pains turned into crisis, exacerbated by a global pandemic. Now concerns about Portland have become a statewide economic issue. Oh, it's affecting the whole state. Now we better pay attention to this. Well, yeah, when you have the report that, what is it over the last, over like what, between 2020 and 2022, Multnomah County, where Mm -hmm. Portland is, uh, lost a billion dollars 
in in revenue and tax revenue. It's insane. That's a problem. And Portland's not the only city. I mean, you can look at what's happened to Seattle. Look what's happened in Chicago. I mean, you yeah. go on and on and on and talk about it all the time. It, it's just sad because there are so many good people mm-hmm. that have been affected in such a negative way and such a beautiful part of the country yeah. that was once, you know, so thriving. Anyway, I know, go on and on about that. It's this time of the show where we go around the table. May not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? I love this, and this comes uh, courtesy of the Twitter handle Experts Posting Their L's, which I, I, I just ran across this the other day, and I, I, I love it. So there was uh, a, a, a prediction in 2015. Scientists estimated that there were about 8 million metric tons of plastic entering the ocean every single year. Right. 8 million tons going into the ocean. you see the video, right? Yeah, every single year. We have islands of trash the size of New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And it's growing every single year. Uh, Turns out, uh, according to the failing New York Times now, there's less plastic pollution flowing into the ocean from land than scientists previously thought, according to a study published Monday in the journal Nature Science. Turns out... There, uh, there's less plastic going into the oceans, uh, 500,000 metric tons, as opposed to 8 million metric Dude, tons. The fear-mongering never ends. And I mean, and what do you know? You're just reading a story. You believe it. Yeah. You see the video. There's all this plastic. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. There's like this, you know, floating island of crap. Out of the ocean that you see, and it's all, you're like, okay, so it's this big a problem. Oh, it's not even close to that. Then you yeah. find out the truth. Yeah. And people wonder why. It's just so sad that people don't trust officials and trust what, what they're told from media. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, because they lie constantly. All right, Scott, what's your story? Well, uh, this goes to the University of Baltimore. Professor there by the name of Dwight Watkins went on record and wrote a missive saying he will not take his three-year-old daughter to the Barbie movie because the trailer left him, quote now, overwhelmed with whiteness. What? Yes. Barbie, which, by the way, does have several non-white cast members, including, uh, well, America Ferrara is in this, uh, Issa Rae, others. Are you getting all those names right? I think. No. No, it's, uh... it's okay, David. See, go ahead and correct me. I don't mind. That's fine. I just want to get it right, David. Thank you. That's why I asked. I know. I sensed I don't know that person, but I'm guessing you're butchering that name. I do the same thing. Uh, Anyway, one of the whitest trailers he's ever seen in his life, he said. It's in an op-ed on Salon Magazine. He says, there's not enough of representation in this movie to take my three-year-old to, so I'm not going to do it. And you shouldn't either, Mm -hmm. parents. That's not the message of the movie, is it? No, it's from not. what I've understood. I, I don't know. That movie's not for me. I don't have a hot take on this, but yeah, I mean, if it's like you can never really be woke enough, right? I, I still wonder what that would look like in the, in, you know, in reverse. Like somebody writes this uh, article about how they didn't like the movie Black Panther because they were just uh, they were overwhelmed with the blackness. Like, <laughs> like, of course, that person would get run out of town. 
and yes. would get shut down and called a racist because, of course, that's racist. Yeah, the Smurfs right. movie, you're overwhelmed by blue. Yeah, right, and Avatar. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Crack me up there, man. Um, the story I have for today, I hadn't heard this story before, and maybe you're familiar with it, maybe not. Maybe this is all new to you. There was a lawsuit a couple of years back from a lady that worked at Southwest Airlines. Her name is Charlene Carter out of Texas um, because she was fired. Why was she fired? Uh, because of her, basically her religious beliefs and things that she may have posted about online because she didn't support uh, abortion and, you know, other, you know, far right woke causes. But this is the way the story goes. Um, you have this lawsuit where she's saying that she was wrongly terminated. Now, she dumped out of this union in 2013. So the lawsuit goes back to 2017. That's when the Women's March was launched. Remember? Oh, yeah, I remember the Women's March. Yeah. Of course. I mean, Madonna's talking about, well, blowing, blowing up, up the, the White, White House. House. Yeah. Okay. That was in opposition, of course, to the election of Trump and had pro-choice groups and far-left groups as sponsors. So that included anti-Semitic and Communist Party speakers. It promoted solidarity with the sex workers' rights movement, abortion, gender justice for two-spirit and gender non-conforming people, and that the belief that motherhood is the number one predictor of poverty. Well, the Union for Southwest was all about this and wanted to fund it. And Charlene Carter is like, I don't want to be a part. I don't want my money going there. Right. Okay, so I'm quitting the union. However, she quit but still had to pay union dues as an employee of Southwest. Mm. Okay, ends up getting fired. So she sues, represented by the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. Okay, and so in July of last year, a jury sided with Charlene Carter, including she was unlawfully terminated, and awarded her $5.1 million. She's like, wow. Mm. I hadn't even heard that story. No, that's a crazy story. I guess that predates the Janus decision, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. So then last December, the judge, who is, what, Brantley Starr, district judge, reduced the damages payment owed to Carter to eight hundred grand, but also ordered Southwest to reinstate Carter to her former position as a flight attendant. Okay, now the update is this. Southwest Airlines is appealing the decision. They don't want to go along with it. But the best part of the story for me was when this judge <laughs> um, was rendering his decision. He ordered three Southwest lawyers to undergo a religious freedom training session <laughs> wow. with the Alliance Defending Freedom, a legal nonprofit that specializes in religious liberty cases. Isn't that great? That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. So you need to undergo some religious freedom training sessions. Yeah. You, you need, need to do the work. Do the work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Understand what religious freedom means in this country because you don't seem to understand mm. it. Love that. That's fantastic. Well, I've never had to deal with it. No, no. And it's good that somebody like fights it like that and actually wins. We'll see where that goes with Southwest uh, appealing that. Okay, so 
Donald Trump was asked again if he would take a loyalty pledge. You know what the answer is going to be, right? Yep. Right. We'll get to that much more coming up. Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Are they really talking to Trump about a loyalty pledge? Yeah, well, next week Donald Trump is going to be announcing whether or not he's going to do the first Republican primary debate. It sounds like he's not going to do it. Like right. He's already made up his mind. No, I'm not going to do it. There's no point in it. And apparently part of the reason is because the Republican Party wants people to sign a loyalty pledge. They which, tried this before. Yeah, they've yeah. done that before to say, hey, if you're going to be on this stage, you got to pledge that you're going to support the Republican Party no matter who the nominee is. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, how dumb is that? He said before, I'm not going to do it. And then he proved it. he's bigger than the party. Well, I mean. Has he not? Promise you'll pledge loyalty to somebody even if you lose. Come yeah. on. Seriously, Trump's bigger than the party now. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. It, it seems. Okay, here's the, the pledge. Trump rules. Yes. I wouldn't sign the pledge. Why would I sign a pledge of people on there that I wouldn't have? I wouldn't have certain people as, you know, somebody that I'd endorse. So they want you to sign a pledge. But I can name three or four people that I wouldn't support for president so right there there's a problem okay right there there's a problem I but i don't have to use that right now no, i don't saying, want to do that which, i don't want to do that there's no reason to insult him <laughs> no reason no <laughs> no wait till i'm on stage with him at some point in time yeah that'll insult the crap out of him just uh, no reason to sport. insult the guy i'm state i'm living in right now that he's the governor of <laughs> i mean well i mean it's He's doubled up everybody numbers-wise. Oh, yeah. That's why it doesn't seem to make sense. Right. You have everything to lose and nothing to gain. There's nothing to gain there. Well, and to be honest, for some of the people that are running, and I don't know where Chris Christie stands on this. Obviously, he and Trump go back and forth. If Trump is the nominee, does Christie support Trump? Well, Christie said he wanted him on the debate stage so he can look him in the eye and call him fatso. Yeah. Did he actually say that? No, could, Something I'm like that, yeah. Paraphrasing, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Okay. By golly, I'll bet he won't do it. I bet he won't call me fat. So if he has to look at me, mm. I'm yeah. saying he probably will. Yeah. yeah, he will. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think anybody believes that. What was it just a second ago that tripped your trigger? Oh, I, David. All right. So, so Chris Hayes, again, this is the, the, the weird little guy on MSNBC who kind of looks like what would happen if uh, uh, Lizzo sat on top of Rachel Maddow. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I insult anybody? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Chris Hayes um, posted out of nowhere on Twitter, speeding cameras are good, actually, and should be everywhere. And my first thought was, shut the F up, nerd. <laughs> yeah. what the hell? Of all the things to tweet about, that's the thing today. Well, you yeah, want to see that. I, I, I don't know where it came from. I don't really care, but speeding uh, cameras are are not a good thing unless you're a communist and you're fine with the police state. I can just see this guy delivering that line too, you know, looking into the camera. And as I'm sitting there with my Prius, I don't like these faster cars just zooming by me. He I want like speed cameras. Everywhere. He doesn't do a Prius because that's really not carbon neutral. What is carbon neutral in that guy's world? He uh, he flies. He actually flies around uh, powered by his own farts. <laughs> well, you know, 
Mm. You're never yeah, going to run out of fuel if that's the case, right? That's true. <laughs> that guy would hold it in because it's bad for the environment. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Golly. It's through a cork filter. Yeah. <laughs> Charcoal <laughs> cork filter. <laughs> Why would we insult anybody? This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. As always, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp, and there's Scott Robbins. Okay, we're very much concerned as a nation right now about migrants trying to escape climate change. Apparently, yes, that is top of mind for everybody. <laughs> I trot that out every once in a while. The, the climate crisis is what's causing mass migration. Couldn't possibly be no, unchecked. Not. You know, gang violence, government corruption. And Fentanyl. general poverty, yeah, yeah. No, Come no. on, man. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden. So he did this interview on climate change with the Weather Channel, hard-hitting stuff, and <laughs> he was asked about migrants leaving Central and South America. And one thing, real quick, I, I am always amazed that anyone can sit and do an interview with Joe Biden, and when this starts to happen, they can't, they don't step in just instinctively and say, "Well, hold on a second. What do you mean by that?" Right. Okay, let's listen to this. Is it the responsibility of the U.S. to protect migrants who might be fleeing extreme weather in their countries? Look, I think the, the United States should do everything it can to help people who are in desperate need have no other means of help. And we've always done that. It is not our... Hold it, on a second. Yeah. No, there, there are Are you some... talking about somewhere that's, you know, hotter than all get out? We need to do everything. We've always done that. If you go back to the early 1900s, it's freaking hot in Haiti. We would take boatloads of people to bring them to the shores, send them up to the northern states where they could cool off for a while. What the <laughs> are you talking about? I don't know, man. Well, also, there are women and girls in Afghanistan who would probably beg to differ with the assessment from the president. Oh, buddy, you're right about that. But let's go on with this line of incoherent BS. It is not our, it is just who we are. We're the United States of America. And the idea to begrudge the ability to do, for example, one of the things we're doing is we're providing for changing the environment, the, the, the physical structures in the countries which they come from. So they don't have, so they have better oh, Hold on a second. All right. want to pause just for a second. Mm -hmm. Because I... Seriously, I feel like I'm missing part of this right now. I want to go back to the initial question, if you yeah. don't mind. Sure. Is it the responsibility of the U.S. to protect migrants who might be fleeing extreme weather in their countries? Uh, have you seen the news coverage over the last month in this country? Right. Why would you want people to come here? It's hell on earth. Watch the Today Show or Good right. Morning America every day. More extreme weather. Millions in America. Heat we've never seen before. Blah, blah, blah. Why would you want them to come here? Doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, okay, go ahead. So they don't have, so they have better lighting. They have more secure, uh, for example, you have for exa all better better the record skipped the groove there. What? Yeah, it did, what? dude. I, I I don't know. Again, this Better is, lighting? Did he say better lighting? Better, better lighting. Yes, that's what he said, better lighting. Better lighting? <laughs> yes, we, we have very poor 
uh, musical artists and bands. They don't have the proper lighting <laughs> when they do a show, and, and, and we want to provide that, but we want to, we don't want to get too hot on the stage. <laughs> well, what, what is that? I don't know. What does that mean? Better lighting? Again, how is an interview or uh, an interviewer or as a human being, do you not stop for a minute and just say, well, hold on a second. Can you, what are you talking about here? Excuse me? It's like a dude that's, you know, that's trying to remember talking points, yeah. and it's a disaster. Okay, back up just a little bit so we can get the context again. These are the, the, the physical structures in the countries which they come from. So they don't have, so they have better lighting. They have more secure, uh, for example, you have all, so many lead pipes all across America what? and throughout the country. You have 440,000 schools you turn on the water fountain and you may have lead in the water. Then why do you want these people coming here? They're yeah, going to die. How many schools? 440,000? Did he say that? Hang on. Go back. And throughout the country. You have 440,000 440, schools you turn on the water fountain and you may have lead in the water. 440,000 schools? So, yeah. Thousands of people. We're replacing every single lead pipe in America. There you go. What is going on? <laughs> that was a good catch because I, I did not catch that initially. 440,000. Schools have there's, lead in the water? There's There, there are only 100. There's like 131,000 schools total in the u.s right now we don't have four hundred forty thousand. well that's that alarmed me because i get you know maybe it's talking about lighting in the mirrors in the bathroom of the four hundred forty thousand schools i don't know but how does how does the weather channel person just go wait a minute you know. just said four hundred forty thousand. did you say there's four hundred forty thousand schools in the united states that have lead <laughs> lead in yes. the water did you just say that <laughs> <laughs> did you mean to say that <laughs> right and wait if not what did you mean to say i don't know man but, but well, remember what five hundred million was. killed by a gun death in this yeah, country right Remember what the question was, though. It was about migrants and climate change, and all of a sudden yes. he's talking about non-existent schools that have lead in the water. Insane. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. And, and we're lucky that some of those kids are even alive because we had 200 million dead from COVID, didn't we? It's estimated that 200 million people have died. <laughs> right. Yeah. Heck yeah. 440,000 schools with lead. It's a wonder any of us are alive. <laughs> I know. Well, according to him, yeah, we're we're like negative 130 million people in the United States between Holy COVID smokes. and gun violence. Yeah. Why do we have 440,000 schools then? <laughs> <laughs> but before he said we had 720 million women here. <laughs> so it's hard to get. Math is hard. I don't know. It's like one teacher per student. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great. <laughs> okay. So, all right, we got that fight we, we got going right now, helping migrants escape climate change. All right. Meanwhile, in Seattle, what's the story in the latest in yeah. Seattle, David? A lieutenant with the Seattle Police Department has retired and on her way out buried city leaders who've let progressives ruin the town. Uh, Jessica Taylor is her name. She wrote a 15-page letter, like front and back, 15 pages, talking about the rampant corruption and lack of action within Seattle's leadership. Uh, part of it that stood out to me, the toxic mix of the Seattle City Council's absurdity, yeah. the spinelessness of the mayor, the Check. leniency of the prosecutor's office, yeah. and your failed leadership has accelerated the city's downhill slide straight to rock bottom. 
And wow. she talked about this on Fox and Friends today. All right, roll it. I moved to Seattle in 1998. It was absolutely beautiful and it was clean and the department had a great reputation and it was outstanding. And then just over the year, and I was able to do my job and I thought I did it really well. And But over the years, it has just gone from the very top to the very bottom. And I just... I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's, I can't live the lie. The other thing is just the lack of support from. This is sad, man. Oh, yeah. But it it's is. real. Yeah. It doesn't get told yeah. enough. Management. And I was in management. You know, I'm just horrified at the way that management mm -hmm. just does not stand up for these officers who are out there just busting their butts day and night without a contract for years. God bless those people, too. Just out of duty. They keep doing it. Yeah. Man, oh, man. That is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad she went on to tell people exactly what's going on there. Oh, yeah. Legacy media is not going to pick it up. No, they're still on the fiery but mostly peaceful protest. <laughs> Gosh, man. And then you wonder, at least I do, how many of those people in those news organizations know they're just telling a lie or they're just duped by the whole process and really don't know the truth. And if you don't know the truth, what's the excuse for that? You're oh, just not doing your job. Easy, because you were too busy uh, checking yourself in the mirror to make sure you look good on TV. Right. Yeah. And to make sure you're getting a lot of likes on social media. Mm -hmm. It's real important. Okay, update on Anheuser-Busch. What's this, David? Yeah, um, this is Billy Bush, not the Access Hollywood guy, uh, but the heir or one of the heirs to the Anheuser-Busch beer brand. Oh, yeah. He I apparently, heard about this. Yeah, he wants to fix Bud Light after the disastrous partnership with trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney. And yep. he had said a couple days ago, you know, my ancestors would be rolling in their graves if they had seen this. Uh, he expanded yes. on this a little bit on Newsmax, where he talked about how the marketing people, who are now based in New York, have a total lack of understanding of their target audience. <laughs> this sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't think they've ever delivered a case of beer. No. You know, they've, I don't think they've been in the heartland of, of this country, where you have your farmers, your blue-collar workers, who enjoy a Bud Light after work, and they don't understand that these people... Um, including me at my age, I don't really understand uh, the whole uh, gender identity thing, the whole yeah. transgender thing. I don't really understand it. I'm not against it. But do we want that on our beer cans? Not really. That's not something that uh, we, we can relate to, that, that the most, most people that drink Bud Light can relate to. I think they need to bring up but most sane people. You could expand on that if you want to, yeah. Billy. I'm not going to tell you how to you know, do your job, just saying. I think they need to bring a Bush in. They need to bring maybe me in and, um, and, and help them get out of this hole or sell the brand to me because <laughs> I'd buy it. I'm in the beer business anyway. We have the, uh, we have the Bush Family Brewing and Distilling Company here in Missouri. Um, I think I can make Bud Light great again, tell you the truth. Well, I guess that's possible. If they said it's new ownership, this whole thing got absolutely foobarred. We're going to fix it, okay? We're going to bring it back to where it was. That might have a chance because what really needs to happen, I think we've said this a hundred times, they needed to apologize. Well, they needed to, yeah. To their customer base. But At, they can't do it. They can't and they won't. Because the old DEI score would go down in flames if they did it.
So they can't. I mean, if he takes over and he says exactly what he just said right there, right into the camera. Yeah. You know, modified approach, but that. Just talks like itself, a regular person. Just like a regular guy. Like, I don't get it. I never got it. I got nothing to get. If you, if you all want to live your life that way, fine by me. Stay away from the kids, by but, the way. Right. Just stay away from the kids yeah. and, you know, leave my beer alone, teacher. <laughs> 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 it's so funny, man, because you haven't drank since your heart attack I like know. eight years ago, but that was your brand. That was my go-to, still, man. It still ticks you off. I still have brand loyalty, even though I don't drink it anymore. <laughs> so there hasn't been any of the liberal late-night talk shows for three months. What does that mean for the audience? <laughs> the funny answer straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, this writer strike has been going a few months now. I know you've been missing your Fallon at night, Scott. No, I haven't. I, oh, neither is anybody else. Colbert, uh, you've been missing Colbert. Yeah, uh, that, not, Camel. That's even more vile. <laughs> I can take, I, occasionally, I can take uh, one of the Jimmies, the one without the beard. Which one is that? Is that Fallon? Yes. Okay, that's the one I can take. I. I can I tell you the last time I saw it? Oh, I, well, I don't. E- I haven't either. It's been ages, but there's too many options and too many funny people on TV at that time to watch these guys. You know what's interesting? I saw this piece at Fox, and I suppose one of the reasons they did the piece was to talk about, you know, Gutfeld's still on and he's killing. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Compared, but all these other shows have not had anything new because of the writer strike. So. Three we mentioned. Then there's Seth Meyers. There's The Daily Show. Real Time with Bill Maher. I didn't realize he wasn't running anything because of the writer's strike. Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes, but in the piece, what they talked about is, yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot of people are missing it. You're just not hearing anything like, oh, man, I missed the late night guys at all. It's a different world, man. It really is. It is, David. You're right. And they pointed out talking about the ratings before the writer's strike. I didn't realize it had cratered to where it was before that. And they talk about Colbert. So, you know, the midpoint of Trump's presidency, you have 3 million viewers a night. Earlier this year, it was averaging around 2.1 million. It was almost a third. Then you had Fallon, lost almost half his audience in the same time frame. Went from 2.3 million to 1.3 million. Mm. And Kimmel lost about half of his audience. And Seth Meyers, who used to have over a million people, yeah. it's like, what, 775,000? It's down all over the place. And it is. It's a completely different world now. Yeah. Well, the landscape's changed. And you can see a lot of comedy just on YouTube. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is, you know, when you're not, like, back in my day... And, yeah. and, you know, back in the day, you, you might know which way a, a late night host leaned politically one way or the other. Right. But there were also shots at their own side. There were also things that Absolutely. had nothing to do with politics. And now it's like all politics. And I don't know. The, and, and then pop stars that are gearing towards an audience that doesn't exist for them. Right. Like the there's no 22 year old saying, man, I got to see what. Jimmy Fallon is saying tonight. No. No, I mean, he's talking about back in my day. Remember, when you were younger, I mean, people would gather to watch whatever yeah. the late night show was. Oh, because it was hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I remember. It's a different world. 
renting out a couple of times David Letterman's uh, book of uh, top ten lists. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I rented that book because I, I wasn't able to stay up late enough to, to watch the show. So I didn't get half the jokes, but, man, the ones I got, I thought they were hilarious. <laughs> this isn't going to be some sad story about your childhood where you had to rent them because you couldn't afford to buy well, the book. We, we didn't buy books. We walked to the library. Got it. Nothing wrong with that. Didn't have a car. Okay. Um, Sometimes the cardboard in in the soles of my shoes would wear out on the way to the library. Librarian would buy me lunch occasionally because she knew I was hungry. You're chased by someone trying to steal your lunch. (laughs) And my library books. That too. All right, let's talk about the Virgin Galactic second commercial space flight. That's making big news. Oh, I saw this, yeah. You wouldn't go on it, Scott. No, hell no. No way. You sound excited about it, but you'd never go on it. Well, it's kind of exciting that other people get to do it, but I don't want to do it, no. This first mother and daughter duo from Antigua getting to go? Usually each seat costs up to four hundred fifty grand. If it was free, you'd go, wouldn't you, David? Nope. I wouldn't. Okay, I would go. David. Yeah. No. No. Well, of course you wouldn't go. No way. No way. And that has nothing to do with the heart attacks you had eight years ago. You wouldn't have gone anytime. You're not exactly a thrill seeker. No, not in that area anyway. I think it would be fascinating. I know you would probably jump out of it. Well, this is... you'd have re-entry. You'd go through re-entry with no, a parachute. I would, no, I mean, you know, it's... Skydiving is different than this. I'm not going to just jump yeah, but... out of this, you know, <laughs> space flight. Wouldn't do that. Something else that's making news. Apple is moving the in-call button on iPhones, oh, which no. doesn't sound like a big deal. They're moving it to the lower right. They say the problem is if you are used to it being in the middle and you go where that is, it makes a FaceTime call. Okay. <laughs> you well, know there's going to be disaster with this. Oh, yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story today, David. Uh, Man, there are quite a few, I think, that are the biggest story of the day. One is that Joe Biden claims we're replacing every lead pipe in America to help migrants escape climate change. Um, And also, we have 440,000 schools in America that have lead in the water, according to (laughs) Joe Biden. It's an amazing revelation. It's stuff that we did not know. That is for sure. It's rather staggering, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Also, the White House is out there still trying to pump up Bidenomics. And uh, we'll hear from uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre talking about how Bidenomics is absolutely working for everybody. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. And there's something that happened on January 6th that a lot of people don't know about. Oh, my. And it's fascinating. Yeah. Truly. We'll get to it all coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, and the front runner, Scott Robbins. The front runner? I mean, the sexy boomer. I was going to say, when you did that happen? Philadelphia Phillies hat on today after a no hit. Are they even just, in first? I just, I, anyway. I, you know what? This was totally accidental. This was not any sort of I want to get to this front story. runner status. Yeah, it yeah, was, of course. Um, okay, if I say January sixth, you're going to be like, okay, we've heard enough, enough, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Remember how we were watching it go down when it actually happened? Yeah. And we were making the comments. Like, it almost seems like they want people to go in there. Weird, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Congressman Barry Loudermilk may not know who that is. His job is to audit the January 6th committee on what they found, all the billions of dollars that the taxpayers spent. It was a charade. Plays out in prime time on TV. A lot of nonsense. Well, they're supposed to get four terabytes of research from this committee. They only get two and a half. Terabytes. What, where's all this information at? They can't get it. Mm. Okay. 
So what are they finding? And I'll, I'll just try to make this easy to understand because it gets a little deep in the weeds. It says that they found little as far as records on capital security. But there was something he said in an interview with Daily Wire that I thought was really interesting. And to me, this is a massive story. And maybe I'm overselling it. You be the judge. Roll it. Probably the most shocking is that we have verified that there were some plainclothes law enforcement officers who were not Capitol Police who were encouraging people to go into the Capitol. And what's important about that is uh, Metropolitan Police, uh, law enforcement from the executive branch are not allowed to be on Capitol grounds unless they are specifically asked to be there or there's a pre-existing agreement that is enacted. Okay, stop it there for a second. That's huge. Wow, it is. Yeah, now we know why. uh, Well, I mean, we already knew it, but this is more confirmation that uh, as to why the January 6th committee, for all of the diligent investigations that (laughs) that they were doing, didn't really scratch the surface as to, you know, law enforcement failures on the day. No, not at all. They were only using information that was beneficial to their narrative. Absolutely, yeah. That's it. But how many people in the United States know that plainclothes officers were there encouraging people to go in? Uh, The people who have heard that, I think if they're watching mainstream news, uh, hear that and believe that it is a conspiracy theory that was made up by Tucker Carlson. No, that is a fact. Why don't we know the names of these people and drag them in there? He goes on. And we do know that there were law enforcement agencies that were non-capital police that were on capital grounds before any of the agreements were enacted, nor were they invited. So basically, they were already on capital grounds in violation of our law. So we need to find out why were they there at that point and what were they doing? Yeah. Well, a former chief of Capitol Police also did an interview with Tucker Carlson and I think this was from when he was still working for Fox, but Fox never aired it, where he right. said, yeah, this this seemed like a cover-up. Because yes. Capitol Police, many of them, they were kept in the dark about what the plan was, what was going on, and they were totally caught off guard. Because I remember thinking, like you said, a couple days before, I guess we had just come back from the Christmas break and Christmas yes. vacation and mm-hmm. um, getting the, the news that the National Guard was going to be there, but they were not going to be armed. They were going to be doing traffic control. Unarmed Didn't the traffic optics. control. Right. And I'm thinking, well, you're going to have 100,000 people not far from the Capitol, and it's a joint session of Congress. You're going to have most, if not all, members of Congress join together in the same place. Uh, and media was reporting different threats that were going on. Yeah, you're you're really not interested in, I don't know, making sure that just in case nothing bad happens. I mean, there's more security when I go take a flight to, you know, Panama City. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, you're right. No. Yeah. I think we all kind of know exactly what was going on Gee, there. Whiz. Pretty wild. Okay. Uh, Bidenomics is working according to the White House? Uh, Yeah, according to the Uh White House. And they're expecting the American people to be dumb enough to not understand what their grocery receipts are telling them. Uh, The Congressional Budget Office, by the way, says unemployment's probably going to start creeping up to a near 5% in the next year. A lot of that is because of what the Fed is doing with interest rates and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, disincentivizing big uh, investments in business and whatnot. And that's going to lead to... 
budget constraints, probably. Uh, and also, real wages are down, inflation's still an issue, and it's about to get worse as oil and gas prices increase uh, here. In, well, they already have been and will continue to do so in the near future. But the White House is all in on talking about Bidenomics, and here's Corrine Jean-Pierre. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing. Bidenomics is indeed working when, when we say that you look at the data, right? Cost, cost is going down, right? We think about inflation. When you think about wages going up, that is binomics. Look, the president has always believed, not just as president, but as vice president, as a senator, that we need to build an economy that is building from the bottom up, middle out, right? We need to make sure we leave okay. no one behind. He came from a middle class family. Oh, here we go, man. Oh, boy. Working class Joe, here we nonsense. go. The old lunch pail. Yep. You can't convince people that they're not living in the reality. I don't care if you're a glorified diversity hire or not. No one's buying it. You heard him talk about growing up in Scranton, what that means. He understands what the American people have gone go oh, through, right? Sitting at your kitchen table oh. once a month trying to figure out how to pay those bills. So this is why we talk about it in this way, because yeah. this is what he believes. Can I ask a question that I've never asked before, All David? Right. When you and your wife are figuring out bills, has it ever been at the kitchen table? Isn't that some 1950s scene that they keep trying yeah. out there? Yeah, usually it's in front of a computer screen or right. like on the couch or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> It's like this dated crap that yeah. Biden still uses in he's the got kitchen his, table. His dad's yeah. got his notepad out with his pencil and he's <laughs> writing things down. Look at this! Where's the money getting out of <laughs> And every hack writer that writes for these oh, people, yeah. yeah, the kitchen tables. Like some well, Norman the, uh, Rockwell okay. painting the, from the 50s. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, and inflation crept back up. That was the latest report yeah, that just came yeah. out, that it, it's it's creeping back up. And, uh, I mean, overall, you're talking about, like, 17% inflation compared to <laughs> when Joe Biden took office. So, yeah, inflation's not coming down. It's just not at the, you know, 40-year highs every month that it had been. And Joe didn't grow up middle class. His his dad was mobbed up. That that's a fascinating story about that. You were talking about that. Do yeah, we know that for fact? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's so, what I was thinking. Yeah, and and so uh, so yeah. The basic story is that Joe's dad worked for a company that did uh, some sort of sealing for tombs, but that those skills and the technology was also applicable to. Uh, putting armor on warships during World War II. Mm-hmm. And so that company got involved in working in the docks, working on the docks. And at the time, the federal government had put wage caps in place to make sure that, okay, we're going to give you the contracts, individual companies, we're going to give you the contracts, but, hey, we got a war on right now. So, you know, no strikes, no, you're, don't do that. Uh, you know, we'll give you the contracts, but you're not going to fleece us at a time of war, Okay. And everybody agreed to that. Unions agreed to that as well. Um, except Joe Biden's company, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Joe Biden's dad's company, the company he worked for, they got around that agreement by charging overtime for their employees. So a bunch of other unions were pissed because they were undercutting everything that everybody had sacrificed for. And at the end of the war, that company had turned around a 40% profit because they were fleecing the American taxpayer <laughs> during World War II. Then Joe Biden's dad tried to get involved in another shady business, gave this guy all his money, and the dude took off with it. And so that's why they lost all their money. But they were, they were wealthy. 
But right around that's the time why Joe you Biden. Say, that's why my daddy took me down. And he said, Joey, Joey, here's how you get rich off the American people. Yep, exactly. <laughs> They've always been mobbed up, man. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. Those two men are not only rich, but they're in love with each other. <laughs> <laughs> and hold on a second. They, they owe Big Jim uh, 20 grand, and so I'm going to go break some kneecaps. But not because they're gay, Joey. Okay? That's perfectly fine. <laughs> I forgot all about what you're referencing right now when he was yeah. talking about how he's with his dad and he saw two men yeah. kissing each other. Yeah. It was like, love is love, Joey. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Story yeah. that absolutely never happened. In the his dad was the first one to quote yeah. it. It was all T-shirts <laughs> 40 years later. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. Um, I guess this is somewhat about the economy. It's more just about universities. And... Okay, I think I'm the only one that gets through the paywall of the Wall Street Journal. (laughs) This is a long piece, so I'm just going to give you some of the highlights, and it's not going to be a big surprise, but it's really in-depth. And the headline of the story is, Colleges spend like there's no tomorrow. These places are just devouring money. Subtitle, Students foot the bill for flagship state universities that pour money into new buildings and programs with little pushback. Yes, it's because tuition's going through the roof. That's because it has to pay for all of this stuff. And it's talking about all of these different state universities and how much they're spending to make it appealing for people to go there. Of course, they're just going to take out loans. Figure you got to have the college education. But doesn't it seem like more and more people are figuring this out? Yeah. And kids are wiser yeah. than they well, were even five years ago when you, it comes to this? You've also seen a precipitous drop in enrollments at a lot of universities. Yeah. You have. Yeah. And they go with the percentage change in spending and enrollment between 2002 and 2022. And it's crazy. When you're talking about administrative costs with universities, it's through the roof. And how is that justified? Well, you can't put a price tag on a, on the college experience. So. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, that's exactly how it's justified. Yeah, no, yes. it's because you have a lot of DEI officials. You've got a whole lot yep. of bureaucrats working within the university system. And nobody – I think there are some people who would be in a position – I'll just talk about public universities and colleges. Okay. There are people who – would be signing funding checks. And they think, well, I mean, these are people at a university. They're smart. They're intelligent. And if they say they need it, then I suppose they do need it. But I think that is starting to go away. And and ironically enough, it's the Democrats who have been really selling the anti-message on college because they've been out for years saying it's the government's responsibility to wipe away student loan debt. What are you actually telling people? That it's a scam. Yes. It's pretty amazing, true. actually. Mm-hmm. It is. There's a buddy of mine, his daughter, gone to a private school and was thinking about transferring for some financial reasons and finishing up at a state school. Save some money. Mm-hmm. And so only to find out that the classes taken at the private university, which is, you know, held in high esteem as far as academics go, those were not going to transfer over for credit at the state school yeah what a freaking racket that is yep are you joking me i had that same experience because i i I had a false start the first time i tried college um 
And oh, when the music you know, career flamed yeah, out in Austin. Yeah, bad music career, some bad drugs, some bad times. You know, I wound up working at the Super Salad for a little while. Well. Um, there. And then went back to It only made you college. tougher, David. Sure. Yeah. And raised my tolerance for drugs. Um, anyway. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> well, well but, you'll have that. It's kind of a sad story, really. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But, but yeah, when I went to the, when I transferred into the University of North Texas, there had been a few credits that I'd taken at Houston Community College and then the other, the first college I went to. Yeah. Um, but they didn't transfer over for some reason because I guess it was out of date or they had updated the what? state standards. They heard your music. So, right. <laughs> they said, <laughs> "We got to get this guy's hearing checked." So that's what we need to do. But, but also part of it, they had updated the uh, standards to where I had to go take a communications one hundred and one course as a junior because they told me I needed it as a prerequisite in order to continue. That was such a money pit scam. It's like oh. you're talking hundreds of people, hundreds of students in this auditorium. With some, you know, half moon glasses, liberal hippie chick teaching absolutely nothing. <laughs> it is the one course I can tell you. There were a lot of courses I took in college that I didn't like. I didn't think I needed, especially for my degree. I didn't need it. But that was the one class I can definitively say I didn't learn a thing. And I had to take it. Oh, that's infuriating. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did everybody get an A? You, it would be impossible to fail that class. Unless okay, you just that's what I was Yeah, right. All right. Much more to get to. <laughs> wow. When your business is struggling, is that a time to jack up your prices? Uh, one company's doing that. Get to that in a news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. I had an update on Disney Plus and Hulu. They're jacking the price. You had you just saw another story on Disney, David? Oh, yeah. Disney Style apparently has partnered with TikTok influencer Sean Altman, a biological man who dresses like a woman, goes by he, him pronouns, but says he's gender fluid and blah, blah, blah. They got this dude wearing the Minnie Mouse dress, marketing the clothes for girls. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Whoa! And Altman says, Minnie is me. I fit right in with Mickey and his friends. Yeah, he's he's got he's got the belt in, the white lacy gloves, a watch, got the red lipstick on, hairstyled and dual buns on either side of his head to channel the iconic Mickey, uh, Minnie Mouse ears. I look just like Minnie Mouse, but something's missing, he said. Then he puts a big red bow to his hair. Where do these people get all these crazy QAnon ideas? Let's, let's get, Going after the children. Let's put a dude in a dress and, Holy and market crap. that to young girls because that's what we need. Oh, gosh. Man, and you think, okay, hasn't that company been hurt enough? This would be under Iger. I thought he was supposed to yeah. write the ship. <laughs> that's insanity. Are they trying to lose? <laughs> They're going for draft picks. Yeah, I know. I mean, what, what's going on? It's like you almost are just trying to completely annihilate the entire company. Okay. I, I don't understand. I think there is an answer to that question. And if, if you wonder, okay, why do companies do this? Why will news only cover certain stories? Why is there censorship on social media? There is an answer to all of it. And we'll get to it. Gosh dang. I think it's laid out pretty nicely, actually. 
because there are so many things happening in our world that just make zero sense. But I think this makes it make sense. We'll get to it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There's a lot going on. Oh, Elizabeth Warren is talking about what? Well, far-left Senator Elizabeth Warren really doesn't want to talk about Biden's corruption. As as Republicans in the House keep showing more and more evidence of the president's son getting extremely questionable payments from foreign sources, including during the time when Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. She was on CNN with Jake Tapper, who asked about this, and you can tell Jake's a little uncomfortable even asking the question. Okay. People close to Donald, I mean, people close to Joe Biden or people close to Donald Trump, but I'm talking about Joe Biden, making tens of millions of dollars because of their closeness to him. That can't be something that you like. That can't be something that you're comfortable with um, as a phenomenon. Look, I, I always worry about the influence peddlers in Washington, regardless of party affiliation. Mm. Oh. One of the things, as you know, I've spent a lot of my time in Congress working on is how we bring just more ethics and more oversight in general to uh, everything that we do in government. Look at we've got a United States Supreme Court Uh where people take gifts and don't even report them, even though the law requires them to report. (sighs) Totally changed the subject. Mm-hmm. Yep. Look at the Supreme Court. Of course, mm-hmm. I mean, Jake gave her the out because he's like, you you can't be comfortable with this, right? You've talked about this sort of thing before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. And the Supreme Court. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, would you say that's a skilled politician? Well, that, Just that's, avoiding the question and taking it into a different direction. That's perfect McGurkin because by the yeah. time. Oh, it is. You're, but it's, if you're a viewer who's, you know, regularly watching cnn and you're not really paying attention to what's going on you started out asking about hunter biden and then by the end of that statement you're like you know what that's right the supreme court is corrupt i mean that's that's very well done just from a style perspective except if you're tapper trying to do that job if you're legitimately trying to do that job say okay that's fine but we're talking about the bidens now the sitting president somebody you've supported Oh, no, he, he wraps up the interview after that and says, yeah, I agree with you, and then moves on. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course, because that guy's not a journalist. It's not a real news organization. Every single time she speaks, it sounds disingenuous. Very much so. Every time. Yeah. You know, it was a little while earlier, you were talking about Disney and what they just did, David. I'm going to tie these together yeah. in a second. Well, the, yeah, they're, they're marketing uh, mini mouth Minnie Mouse clothing to young girls, and the model is a dude. Of course, and you wonder what are they doing? Haven't they lost enough market share in so many different ways? Why do companies do this? And then you ask, okay, why does a news organization really not try to get the story from someone like Elizabeth Warren? And it all is sort of tied together. And I thought Ben Shapiro did a great job writing this piece. 
that is titled Meet the Company Trying to Control Your Mind. Okay. Are we ready to go on this journey together? Oh, sure. Sure. Let's go. Stop me anytime you want. I'll just give you select parts of this, how he ties it together. He said there's a group of people who control what you're allowed to see. The news you read, the videos you watch, the posts you engage with. You haven't heard of them. You don't know their names. But they determine through methods, both direct and indirect, whether you're allowed to be exposed to particular messages. Their decisions can bankrupt companies, silence voices, and fundamentally shift cultural norms. Who are these people, and how do they do this? You think that's a fair question? Yeah. Isn't that what people no, talk I, about I, all I, the time? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. said, so, well, at the top level, you have a network of global elites. I know some people right now will be like, conspiracy! Right. Just hear them out. They've created a universal framework full of guidelines and ratings designed to enforce, quote, approved narratives and punish disapproved ones. It sounds like a conspiracy theory, except it isn't a secret and we're not guessing. First, you have the World Economic Forum. If you follow them at all, you already know this. The WEF and their platform for shaping the future of media, entertainment and culture. Then... You have the World Federation of Advertisers, the WFA. Are you guys familiar with them at all? Vaguely. Not really. Okay. This will start to make sense then. They represent mega corporations that control 90% of global advertising dollars. The WFA members are a who's who of global business and include some of our recent wokeified favorites, like, oh, Bud Light. Anheuser-Busch, Hershey, Procter & Gamble, Lego, and Disney. (laughs) There is barely a billionaire Fortune 500 CEO, heavyweight uh, philanthropist, government or woke nonprofit that isn't associated with the WEF or the WFA. So that answers some questions already, right? Mm -hmm. So then goes on, Shapiro talks about in 2019... Uh, the WFA established the Global Alliance for Responsible Media. Are you familiar with them? Uh, no, I am not. G-A-R-M, GARM. Call them mm. GARM from here on out, okay? Within months, the World Economic Forum adopted GARM as part of its platform for shaping the future of media, entertainment, and culture. GARM is a cross-industry alliance that brings these mega corporations, the advertisers together with big tech companies like Meta, who owns Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, Pinterest, pretty much all except, well, Twitter or X now. As Shapiro writes, the Unholy Alliance created something they call the Brand Safety Floor and Suitability Framework. Corporate jargon crap. It's a dog whistle for censorship. And they say it to themselves. The brand safety floor means content not appropriate for any advertising support. Mm -hmm. So if it's something that they don't agree with, it's not worthy of the advertising dollars. You're not advertising with that group. And they can stuff them. So, So what these global elites decided to put in their censorship framework is basically what they don't agree with. And it's subjective terms like hate speech. Yeah. How many times have you heard that while in this hate speech? Oh, yeah. And you're listening, you're like, what What do you mean it's hate? It's a fact. It's yeah. not hate speech. People are just talking about realities. It says, 
like anything surrounding transgenderism that they decide is dehumanizing or discussing what they deem to be a debated social issue is an insensitive way of being, well, just off limits. You can't talk about that. And then, are you familiar with NewsGuard? Have you heard of this before? Yes. No. Yeah, I've heard I don't, of it. I don't know that one either. Okay, what do you know about NewsGuard, David? NewsGuard, isn't that the uh, the organization that sort of, that rates organizations, uh, news organizations as to yes. like how trustworthy they are and how risky they are for potential advertisers? Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, essentially they give you a grade, and, and it seems to be that a lot of uh, right-of-center outlets wind up getting low scores and demonetized because of Yes, they do. Yeah. It's really interesting. And he writes, during the height of COVID, NewsGuard falsely labeled and downgraded 21 news sites, only well after the fact admitting that they either mischaracterized the site's claims about the lab leak theory referring to the lab leak theory as a conspiracy theory. So if you reported on that, your numbers got hit. Mm -hmm. You were going to lose money. Um, Or the wrongly grouped together unproven claims about the lab leak with the separate false claim that COVID-19 virus was man-made. Don't get in the way of the narrative. And this is funny, man, because they start talking about, or Ben starts talking about NewsGuard and this different, uh, what happened to different organizations like BuzzFeed. It gets a hundred out of hundred, perfect score. <laughs> Even after the steel dossier, right? Yeah. It's unreal. Um, they also found out that the Global Times, which is a Chinese propaganda government outlet, scored a thirty-nine point five, and that is twenty-seven points higher than the Federalist. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane! Yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow. Um. And it, is, it also goes on to say, even though USA Today um, revealed, you know, multiple fabricated sources, they did stories and had their own fact-checking operation that misread or misled readers on the history of the Democratic Party and the KKK, they still get 100 out of 100 from yep. NewsGuard. Yep. So as long as you report on whatever it is that the left loves, you could be dead wrong. It doesn't matter. You're going to get the advertising dollars. Yeah. And that's where it all starts to make sense, where for so many of us, we're watching what's happening unfold in our world going, this doesn't make any sense. It's because it's controlled. So they only, then you see what uh, they want you to see. That's it. So does that help explain it, Scott? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to boil it down in the simplest form, it's basically you have a bunch of people who have an opinion on how the world should be. Yep. And they're leveraging the vast amount of money that they control or that they have access to in mm-hmm. order to push that worldview. Yes. And I think, you know, one of the things is when people start saying, oh, it's a, it sounds like a conspiracy theory. You think there's this evil cabal of people who are out there. No, I, I don't know that they're necessarily evil or think of themselves as, as evil henchmen and all this kind of stuff going out there. I think a lot of the people actually do believe truly that their worldview is how everyone else should believe. And they also believe in making a lot of money. And so the two things come together, and here you go. It doesn't have to be a world domination plot to still be a pretty vast conspiracy that's happening. Yes. So, I mean, 
you think about it, the way things have been covered over time, whether it was COVID or the summer of love and the George Floyd stuff, you're like, hey, th- people are just flat out lying about things. This isn't right. This is part of the reason why. It's just wild, man. Hmm. Okay, other news out there. Did anybody see the story about the cops catching the thief at a Target, Northwest Atlanta? Mm-mm. He, Dude, this is wild, man. So there's this dude. He is coming out of the Target with a TV, but then decides, ah, I want another TV. He goes back in to grab another TV and is bringing it out. It's on top of a shopping cart. So Target security... And one of their guards flags down these officers because they had called the police saying, hey, we got this guy, he's stealing, whatever, you know, can't, can't just steal stuff. And so as cops come around, the guy then starts to run. I guess he didn't get the memo. <laughs> he's supposed to be in fear for his life and just do everything he's supposed to do. Oh, no, he's running or whatever. And then listen to this, man. The, the cop has to tackle this guy, Right. And now he's trying to get away and fight the cop. You're not going to see this anywhere. Listen to this. He's going after him. And then he tackles him down. Please stop, man. I don't want to get a yell. I don't want to get a yell. Then don't steal. Right. Oh, yeah. It just keeps fighting. And then it becomes a one. No, that's what you get. Yeah. There has to be law and order. Goodness gracious. I'm surprised, actually, that they made that kind of an effort to haul down a guy who was stealing. Yeah, well, I think it was because it was right in front of him because the guy's just like, yeah, so what? What are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do? I like the fact he got away with one and then went back to get another one. Yeah, he got greedy there. Yeah, you can't. Well, you thought, well. When you're stealing big screens, you got to be careful. Got to restore sanity to the world, man. Wow. Okay. Vaccine booster. Who's ready for another one? The latest on those you'll want to hear straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Did see from the New York Post editorial board. The blue state migrant crisis. Mm-hmm. New York City and Massachusetts shout for immigration help and work authorizations from a failing Washington, D.C. Oh, do you hear what they're doing in Massachusetts? They're trying to do? What? They want people to open their homes. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Fantastic. Sure. Great idea. I'm for it, by the way. If you voted for this nonsense, here you go. <laughs> How much money are you going to get? Yeah. What a mess. Um, I've heard, David, and you mentioned this, there's new fears about COVID spreading. Right. Is this a good idea to allow all these people into the country now? <laughs> right. I mean, well, let's just bring that one back up, right? I mean... Aren't we all supposed to be wearing our masks again and whatnot and all of that? Are we testing at the border? That's what I want to know. Yeah. If you're going to have these narratives going along together, you've got to have it all cleaned back up, right? Absolutely, yeah. So you have audio of an epidemiologist talking about disappointment all over the place with people not masking up enough and not getting their boosters enough. Mm -hmm. Well, only 17% of people over 65 got the last round of COVID vaccine boosters, probably because most people are realizing they, well, the, the, the damn shots don't do what the government said they would do. Right. Everybody knows someone who's been vaccinated multiple times and still got COVID. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, what, what's the difference? Who cares? Epidemiologist uh, Caitlin 
uh, Jettalina was on PBS NewsHour and totally missed that point, just said it's a real shame. Okay. Yeah, I'm very nervous about booster rates, specifically going into fall and specifically among those over 65. Last fall, 40% of those over 65 got a COVID-19 vaccine. And if we compare this to flu, 75% of the same population got a flu vaccine. And that's a disappointing difference given COVID-19 is more severe than the flu for this population. For this fall, I think we... What? How do you take that voice seriously? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, the lack of just common sense with this. For this fall, I think we still have a lot of unanswered questions, though. Like, we know we're getting an updated vaccine formula, but we still don't know who's oh. eligible yet. The CDC is going to decide that in the next month. Um, So to be determined who's eligible this fall, but I hope everyone who is gets a vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's just disappointing that more people aren't gambling on the Pittsburgh Pirates making it to the World Series this year. And we thought it would be an uptick. And no, it's a loser. Yeah, you you know that you're still going to get COVID. And as far as the research that's coming out with the with the boosters uh the severe illness thing that not really it's not keep really you out of the hospital that was yeah. what they were trying to sell right yeah that's not exactly the way that whole thing's gone down people aren't that dumb goodness gracious this oh. is the markley van camp and robin show okay big story of the day if there's one david i think well to me it's it's the uh white house and friendly media spin on uh, bribery allegations against Joe Biden. And, uh, you know, there's a, a, a reporter with the Washington Post who says there is absolutely nothing there. Joe You're Biden didn't me. take any money from foreign entities. And these Republicans like James Comer are being very, very mean to Mr. President. And I, I really want to break the down. bank receipts, dude. Yeah, I really want to I really want to uh, break this down coming up if you'll indulge me here yes i would love to it's hilarious goodness gracious all right are you ready for your big three scott yep we'll get to that update and the scott robbins trifecta straight ahead the markley van camp and robbins show i'm jamie markley the gen xer david van camp the millennial the sexy boomer scott robbins got a news update david van camp yeah i think it's really funny as um Members of the media who are desperate to, I guess, try to protect Joe Biden are saying there's nothing there when it comes to Hunter Biden's business dealings and uh, Joe's involvement in the business. No, no, no. Joe Biden had nothing to do with whatever it was that Hunter Biden has done, except for the evidence to the contrary. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, it's so the Washington Post has a writer named Philip Bump. He's a, a nationally syndicated columnist. Um, and he says there's no evidence of Joe Biden having any part of Hunter's business deals. His column was titled, So Where's the Bribe, James Comer? By the way, James Comer being the, uh, the, the House Republican who's been leading the charge on investigating and getting bank records that sure do indicate a lot of LLCs were between you know Hunter Biden and Eastern Europeans and uh, all sorts of uh, other foreign business uh, entities. Yes. Now, I think Stephen L. Miller has a really funny summary of what this is, and not just with Philip Bump, but with the rest of the media. 
Okay. The assertion is that every member of the Biden family saw a piece of that $20 million from Russia and Ukraine, except two people. The guy at the head of the family, of which it all depended, and the seventh daughter, or granddaughter. <laughs> so everybody else is getting right. money sent to them, yep. but Joe Biden, not a penny went to him. Right. When you put it that way, that is completely, I think that's a good, succinct way of, of putting it, and that, that is unbelievable. Well, not only that, but if you are this, you know, journalist, okay, <laughs> your job is to try to find out the facts. And you're looking at everything that we know. How in the world at that point could you be so confident there's nothing there with Joe Biden? At the very least, if you had a soul and a mind, you would say, man, this doesn't look good at all. Look at yeah. all. I mean, the trail is there. You would have to suspend belief. To think that that guy is not benefiting, especially the way we know Hunter and Joe shared bank accounts. And all of the different evidence that pointed to, well, Joe took half of everyone's salary. That was from the daughter, right? Goodness gracious. How in the world could you come to that conclusion unless you're just a paid hack? Yeah, oh, you're, yeah. you're a hack. Yeah, that, right. that's really what it comes down to. Shill. I mean, when you spend years working yourself up over the exist or over uh, a non-existent P tape or whatever, yeah, it's pretty remarkable when you actually have banking records and you can pretty simply lay out the connections. Uh, it's interesting when you turn a blind eye to it. You're really telling on yourself there. Well, and you know, part of it it depends, I guess, on your sense of humor. It, it made me at least chuckle a little reading through the New York Post editorial on you know how this is all linked together and talking about some of the money that was given to Hunter Biden, the Kazakh oligarch, Kenneth Rakhejev, wired 142 grand to the Rosemont Seneca Ojai bank account. And then that account shows the exact same amount being wired to a New Jersey car dealership for a sports car for Hunter, a Fisker, Sports car, but yeah. apparently that was unsuitable, so he traded it for a Porsche. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Just a little quinky dink there yeah. that all the money comes in at the same time as these dinners are rolling. Yeah. But Joe's getting none of that, of course. Wow. And then the Russian oligarch, the widow that wired three and a half million. I mean, all of this is documented. But yet you still have hacks in the media. Oh, there's nothing there. Yeah. Give me a break, man. How long do you think it is before this really blows up? Uh, let's see. Uh, Jack Smith is wanting to go to trial in December or January against Donald Trump. So sometime uh, right before that. Okay. Because, I mean, there's just too much there. Do you, don't you guys also have people, like, outside of the show you're just around and, like, okay, when is this thing going to come to a head? There's so much there. Like, I don't know. I don't know how long this takes. Well, yeah, because you, you keep, I mean, there's just keeps one card after another card after another card. Yes. And yet it doesn't seem like anything's moving. And you wonder how much of that is by design from James Comer. Yeah, like, well, it's just a little at a time, little at a time. Going to yeah. keep it out there. Mm -hmm. See what, I mean, Legacy Media you got to pay attention to parts of it at some point, don't you? We shall see. Well, All right, Robbins, yeah. you ready for your three? Sure, let's go. All right, here we go. Are you ready? One, two, look at you all.
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, the Scott Robbins top three of the day, helped by his radio hero. I'm Casey Casey. Hey, buddy, it's getting closer to the weekend. We're going to be counting them down again, huh? Yes. Okay. I'm ready. Three. Number three, Joe Biden wants $13 billion more for himself. I mean, Ukraine. <laughs> well, yes, David. Uh, the president's going to ask Congress sometime today, I guess, to provide more than $13 billion more dollars in emergency aid to the Ukraine. Massive infusion of cash. You better believe it. Now, the deal is this. One of the questions, I mean, further increasing the appropriations when past ones have fully been spent and or haven't been spent yet apparently there's still some money laying around they haven't sent yet on top of what they're already going to send and the question becomes this i guess the chinese are starting to backdoor with russia on trying to come up with some sort of solution to stop all this mm-hmm. shooting and killing that's going on yeah mm-hmm. they're like okay well let's just say that china steps in and tells russia hey knock it off okay or whatever brings people together and it's peace plan what what happens to the rest of the money do we get it back <laughs> no. The answer to that is no. They've already not. said that. It goes for <laughs> rebuilding the Ukraine. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I know. No. I mean, once that money's gone, you know that that money is gone. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, 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 well, it's just the way it is. I mean, it just so the war's over doesn't mean we're getting it back. No. Right. You got all that? Yeah. Yeah. Tried. yeah it's the Scott Robbins trifecta. Working Top three it. of the day. Up to number two. Number two, David Hogg, uh, the guy who parlayed mass murder into a career for himself. Yes. Um, he's starting a new thing, you're telling me. Yeah, it's a new grift. I'm sorry, pack That will be starting soon. He's launching what he calls Leaders Who Deserve a Grassroots Organization. We're putting a group together dedicated to bringing the next generation of young, moving, and putting those leaders into office right now. If you believe in this movement, please donate $10. Now, he did name the advisory board. I'm just going to give you some highlights on the names of these people that are on here. Chris Murphy, Lauren Lauren Underwood, mm-hmm. Eric Swalwell, <laughs> Becky Pringle, Randy Weingarten, and mm-hmm. Alyssa Milano. Okay, yeah. So these are on the board of directors and advisors yeah. of his new grift that he has out. Swalwell and Milano and Randy Weingarten. That's okay. a brain trust right there. You put those three minds together, holy cow. All right, if you can help me out here with David Hogg. This was after the school shooting in Florida. Yeah, Parkland, yeah. And I mean his whole thing was basically gun laws right he was yeah yeah is he still on that or did he give up that fight because remember this time this is different yeah no that he's still on it but something fascinating has happened and i know i i don't think i've brought this up on the show yet because it's really david hogg and generally i think who cares but um so at first it was gun grab ban all guns yep and then, you know, he would make a fool out of himself. He said, you know, my dad was an FBI agent, and he let me fire a fully automatic rifle. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. You know, your dad let you use federal property, a mm. fully automatic firearm when you were under 18? Really? Hmm. Interesting. So that's either a lie or uh, your dad broke the law. But uh, the fascinating thing that's happened in the last year or so is he's gone from ban all guns to then ban all rifles. And now he's just on 
magazine capacity restrictions. Oh. Like he posted a, a, a photo of him. Apparently he had gone to the range. Uh, he's posted another one where he's skeet shooting. And anyway, one where he went to the range and he had fired what he said was a 7.62 AK-47. He had fired an AK-47 uh, and said, see, if you can't hit your target with fewer than 10 rounds, then you don't need to be having a gun, blah, 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 all that stuff. (laughs) But it's amazing to where it's like no guns at all. Right. And now to, well, you can have a shotgun. And then to, you know, you can have an AK-47, but just have 10 rounds. Like, in a year or two, this dude is going to be one of the biggest gun bros on the internet, man. You wonder. He's on that trajectory now. Yeah. No, yeah, well, and and there's, he just continues the grift because there's dough attached yeah. to it. And, you know, and, and, of course, he can always get the idiots to sign up with yeah. him. Well, the, uh, listen, I, I mean, what happened to Ron Perlman? Why wasn't he asked? <laughs> well, the... The scary Damn. part, though, is that he, when that starts to dry up, he's probably he probably will switch to a grift uh, on gun rights, like oh, being pro gun yeah. and all that stuff. And I would urge conservatives and those who care about your Second Amendment rights, don't fall for it. Yeah, that's something conservatives would do. All of a yeah. sudden, somebody comes to your side. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we love them. Yeah, we'll see. Now, on with the countdown. All right, the Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day, and up to number one. Number one, Olive Garden is in the news. Yeah, Dad, uh, Father, wrote an open letter to Olive Garden and its owner, Darden, that's the name of the company, regarding a very jarring experience in their establishment. Apparently, their waiter was a man posing as a woman. And his eight-year-old find it kind of scary and unsettling. What the heck's going on here? The father asked for another server. He said, I did it very discreetly. I just kind of pulled somebody aside and said, hey, my kid's freaked out by this. Can we get another server? They kicked him out of the restaurant with the kid. Really? Yep. Out he went. So what's he saying in the letter? He's saying, the only thing I said, I asked to be moved. I, I wanted to be moved. My kid was, you know, my kid's eight is going, what the heck is going on here? Donut, doesn't a dad have a right to protect their kid? Not anymore. Does the child's age matter? No. I mean, can we protect a loved one? Is that wrong? <laughs> is there something wrong with that? They kick I get the, the guy feeling out. this isn't the first time we're going to hear a story like this. No. Yeah, he just wanted a different waiter, and then they... That's all he wanted. Door, yeah. That's all he wanted. Sorry, sir. You got to go. You're full of hate. Yeah. Okay. And there yeah. you have it. Yes. Because he wanted another server. The Scott Robbins trifecta. Guy with a beard that <laughs> with a dress on. No, I don't want that guy here. You will respect my femininity. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Can I get you the uh, endless breadsticks? <laughs> That's uh, not a breadstick in my pocket. <laughs> okay. <Hello. laughs> news update. And Nimrod's in the news. No way. An instructor for the Learn to Drive School crashed the car. Coming up. Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Thank you for being here. All right, before Nimrod's news update, David Van Camp. I just read an article on CNN.com, which was my first mistake. Oh, buddy. But uh, so you know how we've been hearing the oceans are warm right now because of El Nino and because of uh, heat waves and whatnot. And we're supposed to be seeing a bunch of uh, hurricanes. And apparently some people are perplexed at the fact that we haven't had a really, really busy hurricane season. Now, of course, 
we all know that can change. Especially if you live on the coast, you know that can change. And, you know, August, you start seeing an uptick in activity and things like that. But apparently, according to CNN now, a lack of hurricane activity proves that climate change is happening. (laughs) Will you people pick one? It's like, but no, you can't because it's a religion, right? I mean, this is their, their, their faith that anything that happens with regards to the weather, uh, has to prove that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, After spending man. years saying, man, there isn't climate. Right, right. Remind me tomorrow, that, and I'll play you clips of this. John Stossel, remember, he used to be with ABC years ago, and he does his own bit, John Stossel Reports, and it's on YouTube, everything. He talked with Judith Curry, who used to be loved by all of the climate people. Because she talked about an uptick in hurricanes back during Katrina. And someone was critical of the way she was putting it together and said, you know, basically your research is flawed and here's why. And so she actually went back and said, okay, maybe there's something to that. And she found actually the opposite Mm -hmm. and then told people, well, they wouldn't have it. All the climate, uh -uh." they booted her out of the club. She can't get a job anywhere now. She lost her job. And so now we are supposed to believe that this existential threat of man-made climate change is, has caused a calming of hurricanes, but if hurricanes happen in the future, that's also because of climate change. Yes. And that way, there, it doesn't matter what happens, you still have the narrative. And, I, and I'm sitting over here probably like the lady that you just mentioned. I'm like, I, I think there is something to the theory but mm-hmm. the idea that everybody's going to die in 10 years or whatever right. is completely refuted by the facts. And the hurricane Correct. thing is refuted by the facts of like a yes. more frequent and damaging hurricanes. That's not true. Absolutely. All right. With that, it's time for Nimrods. Roll it. When the going gets tough. Damn it. This is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. We start today in Colorado where there is a driving school. It's called Learn to Drive. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Says it all, doesn't it? A couple days ago, someone crashed into their building. Oh, my. As the story goes, it gets crazier. It was one of the driving instructors. Oh, no. Meant to hit the brake, instead hit the gas. Mm. Boom! Holy smokes. There's actually a photo where the vehicle is shown through a smashed brick wall and window just below the business's learn-to-drive sign. Mm. Well, it altered the name, learn-to-drive into buildings. <laughs> so, it's actually a meme right there. Fortunately, no one was hurt in that. Golly. Yeah, yeah it's pretty wild, though. And then in Florida, this 53-year-old guy, Daniel Kazmar, caught stealing from Walmart. He had taken a bicycle pump, lock, an inner tube, spotted by the security in the store, trying to hide the stuff under his shirt. So they called the cops. He was arrested outside the store. And he had been arrested a couple weeks ago at a different Walmart. You know what he told the cops? No. I'm not good at shoplifting. (laughs) (laughs) He was arrested, and that's Nimrod's in the news.